establishing the sitting posture. Checking that there is a sense of relaxation. Checking the attitude in the mind as we enter into this period of practice. Is there an agenda? Wanting? Or a sense of receptivity? Openness? In any moment, recognizing what is being known. There will be experiences through all of the sense doors. Hearing, being known. Sensations in the body arising, being known, and disappearing again. States of mind, the atmosphere in the mind. Sometimes the terrain will be quiet, calm, still. At other times it will be volatile, changing rapidly. There may be many mind states coming in quick succession. Anger, sadness, disappointment, all to be known as they are. Noticing how thoughts can affect Mind states. Mind states can affect thoughts, types of thoughts. Awareness of thinking itself, 
recognizing when thinking is occurring. With all of these experiences, some of them will be pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. At times, this feeling tone will be what's predominant. It too can be known. With all these experiences, to check how are we relating? What's the attitude? Is there a subtle sense of trying to get rid of this, not wanting? Or is there a wanting some experience to continue? Or trying to create? Reactions are present. This becomes the experience to be recognized. Aversion or wanting. At times, greed, hatred, and delusion will be very strong in our experience. We look to understanding, knowing, being with these experiences, to learn from them. Understanding what it is that fuels or feeds these states. Understanding the suffering that comes when we identify with them. All of these experiences to be known in their nature. Working with continuity, not a continuity that is trying to bear down, that is straining, tightening, but a continuity that comes from 
a perseverance, a willingness of heart to remember, to recognize what is being known. When experiences become overwhelming, consuming, and mindfulness is lost, one can let the attention steady with one aspect of experience. Hearing, breathing, sitting, Before using skillful means or before shifting a body posture, it can be helpful to just notice what's happening for a moment. And then, if wisdom says change is needed, to follow through, but to recognize what is occurring, to bring it into consciousness. Letting there be a balance between tranquility and alertness. Tranquility is strengthened through this sense of receptivity, receiving experience, and alertness through interest or investigation. If the tranquility becomes too strong, spaciousness turns to spaced outness. And we need this quality of interest. If investigation becomes overactive, the mind becomes agitated. needing to invite this quality of receptivity.
relaxing into the awareness of present moment experience with interest. Many times throughout the day, check the attitude. How's the mind relating? This often goes unnoticed.
sometimes checking to see if there's anything in your experience in this moment that you're subtly trying to push away or ignore. And just noticing the reactivity in the mind and seeing what happens.
I wanted to just continue on a little bit more on the theme of continuity because it is so important. And the continuity not just being during a period of sitting meditation, but that we really are working with continuity of practice from the time we wake up in the morning until we go to bed at night. And just to offer a small suggestion of something that I found very helpful. And that was to notice where in the day I was having the most trouble, where in the day the mind was habitually checking out. And then just to take an interest in what was happening there. Many times, you know, I'd notice that there was just some thought that got identified with. I'm too tired. And then we listen to the thought, end of practice. It's too hard. I can't do this. So just seeing what's happening in these moments, in you know, just a totally non-judgmental way, but from the place of interest, just seeing where we keep checking out. Do you have any questions? Yes. Mm-hmm. It'll be good to check out in your experience. That you know, we'll find there's different intensities, um, different flavors to it, uh, and just become familiar with all of it. And to to yeah, to come to really know it in your own experience. Yes. Um, in one sense, it's really up to you. You know, what we need to do is to become familiar with our own tendencies of mind. Uh, you know, it, if it might be that a tendency um, that one has is to s- sit down, and if one doesn't do something like the body scan, just sit and get lost for, you know, 15 minutes and then go, oh, yeah, meditation. You know, then it's going to be helpful to have that way to really uh, establish some continuity of recognition of what's happening in our experience. If one is doing it because one uh, doesn't like what one's feeling, then it, you know, and just wants to get away from something, then it might not be so skillful. So one is to to. I like to take practice out of habit. You know, so when you sit down to listen and have a sense, does this feel like it could be something really useful to do? And then to open up. 
No, there's nothing wrong with doing body scans. It can be very helpful at times. So, And it's just really our learning to listen to when those times might be, what the underlying motivation is. Yes. The, the question is around craving, and she's noticing that it seems to have a strong relationship with aversion. Um, last night when I was speaking very briefly about craving, I mentioned that there's three types. You know, there's the craving for sensual pleasure, you know, anything through our sense doors that we pleasant experience, you know, just craving that. There um, is the craving to become, um, you know, to... Uh, this sense of I am, um, this sense of uh, identifying with experience. And then there is this other, which is to get rid of, you know, to not want, to not want to be. And it sounds like that's, you know, by your investigation into pleasant, unpleasant, uh, neutral, then you, you're beginning to see that a lot there, there is a lot of this craving not to be. And that's just to be recognized. You know, that doesn't need to be judged. This again, it's our teacher, it's here, we can learn from it. Can you really just know that aversion? Uh, Know the nature of aversion? And, you know, just see what happens in the knowing of it, with when there is uh, mindfulness with the experience. And it's really can be life-changing because what's happening is so often we are directing the whole course of our life from that place of aversion and not recognizing it. You know, it's, it's, it's conditioning what we will do, how we will act, how we will respond. And so, you know, it's very, it's a good, any time that we see these things, we can really kind of rejoice in the scene of, the recognition of. Yes. It's important to recognize how things are being known. If things are moving really quickly, this is just one way 
that at times experience is known. You know, uh, um, things can be rapidly changing. And there's no need to try and focus in on one aspect of that. Sometimes, even within that, one aspect may become more predominant. That's okay. You don't have to... uh, Try to make it be one way. Relax with how it's being known. And so if it's quick, fleeting, even though the experience may be changing quickly, there can be a real steadiness when there's continuity of mindfulness. And so it's really just that steadiness that we're working with. And then experience will arise in many different ways. Yes. There are times where the uh, focusing on one aspect of experience will bring the scene of, of many different nuances to it. Uh, the wanting that you spoke of coming in, that needs to be recognized. Um, I'd also like to say that actually even as I'm saying this, you might experiment. You know, just sitting here and having a sense of settling back with the eyes open and you don't need to focus on anything but just relax with that knowing. And as we do so, many aspects of experience can be flickering through. So I think it's it's to me been, because I had for many years focused a lot, believed that that was how I would see more. But what I really have been discovering, whether or not there is the, you know, just seeing one object or many, it's the relaxation in the mind that allows things to be known. But when we tighten, and so one of the things about when we're working with one object is often we do just what you described. We try hard. We try to focus more. We want to see more. And that all has an effect in the mind of tightening. And, you know, it's like when the fist is tight, it can't hold much. When it's open, it can hold a lot. And so it doesn't matter whether you're working with one object or a very open awareness, the quality of relaxation in there. You know, so, there's so much that can be known. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. 
Okay, last question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you hear the question in the back? Yeah. You are describing a very, very common experience. And it's an aspect that leads to just craving for intensity in our lives. That it's difficult to be with neutral experience. That in our lives, it tends to be what we don't pay attention to. And... Um, for some of us, I mean, just an investigation around that. That's all I would encourage. You know, not to, um, you don't need a theory about why it is this way, what it is, but really just to investigate. And, and just the scene, how, just anything that it reveals to you will be interesting. Just the encouragement to be interested. The, you know, these little... I love that this is a come-and-see practice. And, you know, I've had my own experience of just hearing things from teachers and going, hmm, I'm not so sure about that. But then looking into my own experience. You know, we can get caught in evaluating, judging, but if we, if we use that to really just be the inspiration to look more closely. Because then the truth reveals itself. We see for ourselves. I have just one announcement for today. Um, we had a note that somebody in the annex was playing music in their room. Uh, and just, you know we would ask you to refrain from doing so. It can be that if if you're in your room, and this could apply to many different things we might do in our rooms, we can think we're being really quiet, and yet this place becomes so still, and the walls are very thin, and sound does travel, that it has a way of being much louder than we would have thought. I remember one time when I was doing a retreat here and I had a room in the annex in the chemically sensitive area. 
it was, you know, and people walking through that area, you know, every step reverberates. And it just reminded me, I got some sense of the butterfly theory, how, you know, butterfly flapping its wings in this part of the world affects things in another part of the world. And, you know, I just got a sense of how that's true. So really, you know, when we're in our rooms, if we can take care around the silence there too, uh, just out of respect for it being a silent retreat and keeping things simple. Okay, so... Onward. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.